your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Cool. I sometimes suck it from <laughs> He does, I know this for a fact. <laughs> Just testing levels is all it is. Okay. I like your Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, you haven't. No, no, this is the you first time recording with the, with the professional. Yeah, that's the Yeti. Pop. I have the the, um, the other blue one, the snowball. So that's what you so what I use. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I actually used that one in episode 38. I was over at a friend's house, oh, yeah? and she just sat in there. One, one through 25 is all with the shotgun, yeah. and then 26 to like 38. I actually really like the quality of the snowball. It's real, yeah, real it's clean. Nice. Um, the reason I like this guy is just because it creates a median out of everyone yeah. sitting around it. Yeah. And like there are all these settings on the back that basically say like in front of the mic, Behind yeah, the from, um, the one there's two yeah, versions of the snowball. The one yeah. snowball is the basic version; doesn't have that. The one I have is like three switches in the back, and it does the same thing. Like if it, it if you want just the front, if you want all encompassing, if you want uh, that's just the next step up. So that's why I want to upgrade to something like that eventually. But any creepy things going on? My fucking life. No. Taxes. Yo. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about creepy. Gas prices. <laughs> Gas prices. No, those are terrifying. Gas prices, am I right? Um, I feel like I had a couple stories. I just can't really remember them. Try to block them from memory. It's healthy, right? <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. That's healthy. I've been watching a lot of horror movies. I watched yeah. uh, Double X. I'm excited uh, for it. Last night. It looks. I think you're like the fourth person on this show to talk about it. And it's well, normally I don't like horror movies, so I'm, normally I, I would be like, oh, this movie looks terrible, like, oh, fuck this movie. But this one actually legitimately looks good. Uh, Do you mainly read the book? No, I've never read the book. I, I meant to. Um, don't. <laughs> why? Not good? It has moments yeah. <laughs> that just are really unnecessary. Fair enough. And it's uh, it diminishes from the value of the book. I know a lot of people would probably like poo-poo me for saying that, but eh, whatever. ultimately it's not one of... Best. No, I I enjoyed it, um, the trailers for it because it didn't really show him like it it created he, this, he still hasn't said anything exactly it created this feeling of horror and suspense and you haven't heard him and you barely seen him which I think is like fantastic marketing. fantastic horror mm-hmm. and it just reminds me of like a like an old style horror movie versus the newer you know jump scare every three seconds um, yeah I think something I haven't brought up is like uh, they moved from. The book takes place in the 50s, the movie takes place in the 80s, and I think that's a, oh, really, okay. that's a really smooth shift, because right now, like, what was the last thing that fucking blew up with that same, like, uh, aesthetic? And Stranger Things. Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. Stranger Things is fucking great. Who can't, didn't love can't it? wait for that in oh, October, Halloween. too. Mm. That's going to be great. They got more budget, they got more time. It's just, 80s, like... From the 70s, actually, no, not 70s, 80s to 90s is a great time period to, to film something, to, to stage something in, because it just hits everyone with nostalgia. Because, um, like, the 50s, a lot of the time, you're going to miss your, your target audience, because a lot of the times, target audience is, is younger people, you know, people between 15 and maybe 35. Because let's and, not even, like, let's not even talk about social structures, you know, racism, yeah, in, no, inequality. Yeah, no, it's just, in like, general. Even then, it's just, like, the aesthetic was totally off. Yeah, so, like, the 80s, a lot of the time, you're going to hit a, bride, a broader audience who, who have lived in the 80s, whether they were 5 at the time or 25 at the time, uh, and same with 90s. They're just a huge nostalgia 
time period. Whereas, like, think, the 50s, like, I don't relate to that. I think, it, yeah, and I think a big part of that was, like, our parents were telling us what to watch when we were kids, and most of that stuff was stuff they grew up with. Exactly. Or stuff they enjoyed within the last, like, ten years. Yeah. And, and while I don't remember fucking anything from the 90s, like, personal choice, I just remember shit being shoved down my throat from my yeah. dad, basically, like, telling me to watch movies all the time. And I think, like, Goonies, you know, Truffle Shuffle, E.T., yeah, like, all these things that are kind of reminiscent of Stranger Things and uh, where it comes from. What, Super 8? That had a very E.T. feel to it. Yeah, and that that was kind of their attempt of um, rekindling that uh, Losers Club feel. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. I mean, there's little kids playing what? It is definitely... Little kids are playing what Dungeons and Dragons in in Stranger, Stranger Things, things? Yeah. like that's and you know what <laughs> that's me I'm a little nerd playing games with my friends when I'm like twelve years old. I joined the D and D group. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, good for you. D and D something I'm, I've always wanted I'm to a try. Hobbit. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I'm a halfling. I sell um, weed to get gold. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I sell the old uh, old Toby. <laughs> that's old what, Toby. That's what I call the weed because it's from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, d- I d20'd on our last session, and nice. apparently I turned... Uh, it was for running. <laughs> the DM was just like, he flew through the air. <laughs> and I was like, yo, <laughs> cannon. Yeah, I no, I, uh, I saw something I wanted to try, but no one around me ever really played it, so I've never really had a chance to try it. But it seems fun. This is lots of pasta. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with our intro conversation here with uh, Sir Booberry. It's been a long fucking time it's it's been a minute jersey <laughs> so sucks is, my soul this is one day at a time this is episode 42 your last episode was literally 20 12 12 <laughs> jesus christ 30 episode oh, hiatus i would like to think that i'm trying i i try to send feelers out there to get people to come back every once Man. in a while because uh even frowns mcboo who had a 20 episode hiatus at jesus. one point um so <laughs> it's not for lack of trying no definitely no it's literally just because you live in a different state yeah yeah there are still there are still friends i've been telling this about since episode one who still haven't <laughs> been on this show so fuck you guys fuck them don't been, name drop but fuck been, you guys i've been trying to get so many people to come on and whether or not they live out of state like you or they're just it's fucking Lazy asshole. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what literally it comes takes down like to. an hour. Uh yeah, this is lots of pasta. We do the uh the creeps and the spoops and we read Sometimes the frightens. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> well do you a frighten. <laughs> we read creepypastas and read at no sleep and stories to read alone at night. We read a lot of fun shit. And uh your episodes, Sir Booberry are hailed as some of the most listenable of all of the episodes, and I'll take that as a compliment. I uh, Not I, all of our episodes are great, but, uh, <laughs> you know. I've been told my voice is like audible chocolate. That's a lie. <laughs> i been told it's like nails it on a chalkboard. It is. Uh, and it's just like your mouth, it's full of nuts. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, amazing. So fuck this shit. I'm driving an hour and a half of this shit. <laughs> No, you drove an hour and a half to go to Six Flags with us tomorrow. If I wanted to be degraded, I could have just went to my house and talked to my mom. That's <laughs> true. The milk! <laughs> the milk! <laughs> I wanted 2%. <laughs> it's 
So, <laughs> so I don't have any serial-based stories for us today. I'm no, sorry. No not, more, uh, not like episode 12. No more glazing. <laughs> glazing. No more Panama. Glazed the room. I don't know. Maybe we'll see that. Um, <laughs> Panama! <laughs> God damn it. Um... So yeah, we uh, one of the things I've most heard about your episodes that people like is the kind of real-life twist we put on things. In your first episode, we did Booth World Industries. People really liked the whole phone call conversation quality of our, of our talk there. Uh, in the second episode, there were a couple really cool like um, phone call ones about uh, creepy experiences and someone trying to contact like a police officer. Like, this is the one about uh, Walmart. Uh, yeah, that was episode 12. Was it? Okay. That was like a, a personal diary of like a serial, yeah, like serial kidnapper, and then kidnapper and murderer. Murderer. Um, really, really cool stuff. And, and you know, I, I love having you here and I love having you on. So I think... Uh, well, I guess one of us has to love being here. True. <laughs> true. And it's me. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, I'm the one. Yeah, no, I'm literally like locked in here. I can't move. <laughs> so like I don't have a choice. <laughs> So, this first one we're going to read is from Reddit No Sleep. It's called, These are the last texts my brother sent me before he went missing. I had been napping the entire day when my phone began to chirp with text notifications. They were from my older brother, Tom. His texts are in italic and mine are in bold. Oh, well, I guess that's not important because you don't, okay. they don't that's, see that. All right, that's fine. Where you at? Hello? Hey, where are you? I sat up and texted him back. Lay on the couch. Seriously, where are you at? I'm in the living room. Where are you? Nice try, asshole. I'm in the living room. Seriously, get home whenever you can. Something is weird. I turned around on the couch and looked around. I wasn't sure what he was playing at. I figured I'd go along with the ruse just out of the fact I was bored as shit. What's weird? It's quiet. Like, freaky quiet. Where's Jasper? I look over at the recliner and see our dachshund Jasper fast asleep. Are you trying to scare me? Jasper's sitting on the recliner. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm sitting in the recliner right now. It was at this point I finally got freaked out. Well done, bro. Your seemingly lame-ass prank got to me. Just stop already. I'm on the couch looking at the chair. Where are you, really? Are you at Emily's? I was. I left her place about an hour ago. This nasty rainstorm made the drive take forever. I looked out the window. The sun was shining brightly. What rainstorm? The one that's going on outside. It's like Noah's Ark shit out there, man. How are you not seeing it? I finally got bored enough with his prank and put my phone down. My phone continued to chirp with notifications. God, he was desperate. I ignored his text for a good 30 minutes until finally I picked my phone back up. What the hell? My phone won't charge. I've tried every outlet in the house. Nothing will turn on. Did the power go out? What the hell is that noise? It's like grinding metal. Hey, seriously, come home. I'm freaking the fuck out. The rain will not stop. I can barely see outside. I keep getting a dial tone every time I call you. Fuck, my battery's down to 5% and it won't take a charge. The house phone is down too. Please come home, seriously. That noise is getting louder, please tell me you're doing it. I texted mom and dad, they aren't answering me, they must be at the movies still. Okay, you win, I'm terrified, you win, you win, you win. Now get home, please. Chris, fucking text me back! These were the last texts I ever got from my brother. We filed a missing persons report the next day. The last person to see him was his girlfriend, Emily. She said Tom was acting normal and nothing was unusual that day. A security camera at a gas station a few miles away caught him heading north towards our house, but we could never find his car. I've tried texting him, but no text ever come back. My mom and dad got texts from him too, 
It won't show me them. I don't know why. Maybe I'll check. Interesting. Abrupt ending. Maybe yeah, there's really no closure. Maybe it continued and I just didn't pick up the end, but I still liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I just wish there was some kind of like... Uh, I guess even if there was an abrupt ending, like a different abrupt ending that kind of like made it seem... Like, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're not only more parts, but they're disjointed. Like they're not in order? Yeah, and they don't... Well, some, the one, of them, some of them are edited differently. Well, the one said started with my boyfriend, so it looks like that might be from like Emily's perspective. The, the vibe I wanted to mention was like I picked up a really like Silent Hill thing going on. That's what you I was going to say. Like, like, it seemed it like... reminded me of the ending of at least the movie. Yeah, or, or almost like, speaking of Stranger Things, like he got somehow put in like an alternate dimension of the same reality. So he was just... He, he was in his house, but not the same plane, quote-unquote, yeah. that his brother was on. The Which, uh, you know, the thing that makes me think Silent Hill as opposed to, like, Upside Down is just, like, rain and, yeah. like, metal noises yeah. and, like, loud noises. Like, and it's not usually raining in Silent Hill, but, like... It's very foggy. Just in my, in my head, I just hear that, like, alarm. Yeah, and it's never... It, at least not or that the I know, of like It's a, not really ever sunny in Silent Hill. True. So there's another comparison. Yeah, no, I... I, I Agree. I liked it. Apparently there are more parts to it. We're not going to fucking read them right now. I might get them later. Who cares? Get well, over it. We will uh, We'll let you know if we come back to it. Don't get your fucking hopes up. Because <laughs> it's, it's not this fucking episode. Um, It'll be another three years before I come back. I mean, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, 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 just another three months. <laughs> Fuck. This one is uh, from Reddit No Sleep. This one's called... I turned my phone back on this morning to find a series of fucked up texts from my roommate. Very much in the same... I want to hear, like, maybe an, a story where someone receives texts at 10.30 in the morning. Fucked up texts from their roommate. It's always at night when they're sleeping. Very like, true. It's never in the morning when someone's <laughs> having brunch. Hey, good morning. Hope you're having a fun time. I'm stuck in a world full of assholes. <laughs> I'm at brunch, and Derek's here. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be here. I don't have a ride. Can you pick me up? The horror. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. I'm at brunch right now. I'm at brunch. I don't have enough money to pay for this avocado toast. <laughs> How am I ever going to buy a house? How am I ever going to get into stock markets? Uh, My life is a shambles. <laughs> but I want this mimosa. Right. No, I've actually never had a mimosa. Mimosa is delicious. Really? Champagne, Champagne oranges. oranges. No, I know. I've never had one. I turned my phone back on this morning to find a series of fucked up texts from my roommate. My phone was off most of last night because I broke my charger. I thought it was weird that Adam hadn't come out of his room at all during that time. He usually takes a nap after his trig class, but I assumed he must have stepped out without me knowing or something. I kept knocking on his door, but it was locked, and he wasn't replying. But he doesn't usually lock his bedroom door when he leaves. Just this morning, I finally went out and got a phone charger. When I turned it back on, I had all these texts from him. 10.12 p.m. Look, I don't have a lot of time, so let's just skip the bullshit. Where am I? I remember falling asleep after class, and now I'm obviously in someone else's room. Garrett, if this is some kind of prank, then you win, man. Please make this stop. I've only got 20% of my phone battery left, and typing on here is, stif is stiffer annoying because of fucking autocorrect. Okay. Autocorrect. Yeah, autocorrect. 10.15 <laughs> p.m. You win, dude. Stop with the sounds outside. How are you even making that noise like an elephant dying or something like it's making a weird faraway noise through its trunk? What is that even? Sounds like it might be matched with a big stupid horn or something. 10.25 p.m. Garrett, unlock the door. 10.26 p.m. Garrett, unlock the fucking door! 10.30 p.m. Please, please, please. 
I don't care if you tell anyone, but I feel like I'm gonna cry right now because this is scary, dude. This is the scariest prank you've ever pulled. One for the ages, alright? Go ahead and tell everyone how badly you got me and stop fucking with the heat. It's so hot in here that I feel like my skin is boiling, like I'm a fucking lobster or something. Come on, please. 10.32 p.m. Who is that laughing? I know what your laugh sounds like. It's not you. Who is it, man? Who's there with you? That's not Max, either. 11.20 p.m. Oh my god, it's not you, is it? They came in, bro. It was a guy with a gas mask on. He's not wearing anything else. Like, completely naked, and he has these cuts on him, man. Like in the movies where they whip someone so badly that they bleed. These long gashes all over his chest and back. I look between his legs, and he doesn't have a dick. That's the scariest part. <laughs> he doesn't have a dick, man! He doesn't have a at least, dick! At least you know he's not gonna fuck you, I guess. I guess. 11.21 p.m. Fuck, man, please come get me. I'm sorry, I thought it was you. 11.22 p.m. Why won't you reply to me? I'm not fucking around, Garrett. Please. 11.45 p.m. Garrett, please, man, don't leave me here. 12.15 a.m. It's bright outside, but my phone says it's around midnight. The curtains are drawn, but there's this orange glow coming from outside like it's daylight. Except it's kind of reddish, too. And it's so fucking hot in here. 12.20 a.m. Is this about Trinity, Garrett? Is this why you won't help me? Look, I'm sorry about what happened to her. She was the one who wanted to try heroin. I swear to God I didn't push her into it. I told her it was dangerous, but she wanted to try an injection, so I gave it to her. A little bit of heroin. And you could just not you know, give I'm, it to her. I'm making a guess right now. He's in hell. I don't know why uh, I was texting from hell. Maybe. That may make sense. But that's what I'm getting. 12.21 a.m. No one could have known that it would be too much, man. I'm sorry your girlfriend died, but you can't just leave me here. I know what a justice freak you are thinking it must deserve what happened to me, but I don't. No one deserves this shit, man. Please come find me. That's so fucking casual. Like, I'm sorry your girlfriend died, bro, but like, just fucking deal with it, man. Just get, get over it. it. Get over it, bro. Just fucking save your life. Girlfriend's dead, bro. Like, bro, there's other girls, bro. bro. Girlfriend's dead, there's bro. other girls, bro. There's only one me. 1.15 a.m. This is it. 2% battery left. 1.20 a.m. The man with the gas mask and cuts has been staring at me for a while. I tried to push my way through, but he wouldn't let me go. And that fucking elephant sound... And it's so hot. Man, fuck, this is so bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I drugged your girlfriend and raped her. I really didn't mean to kill her. But I think I have to go now. I think the man wants me to come. I think he's saying something, but I'm not sure. 1.21am. Fuck. End of transcript. After reading all the texts he had sent me, I felt extremely sick to my stomach. I almost threw up, but the need to know more kept me too focused to let go of my breakfast. I didn't have time to think about the truth of my girlfriend's fate even though I was finding out for the first time the sick extent that the bastard went to. Instead, I just put my shoulder down and I charged into his door three times until finally the wood gave way and it busted open. And there he was, with his eyes fixed open in this permanent gaze looking up at the ceiling, with a loose tourniquet by his side and an empty needle still in his loose hands. His lips, his cheeks, and his body looked blue. When the paramedics arrived, they said he must have been dead for a while now, since around 10 p.m. they had guessed. So you were right, he was basically texting from hell. Interesting. Or he was texting while he was on his trip. While he was on his trip, but, and, yeah. and he was he was having a bad trip. And you know what they say, kids? If don't do drugs, you're gonna do drugs. Stick to the easy stuff, <laughs> like pixie sticks. <laughs> yeah, snort that shit. I don't know about all that. Oh, I liked that. That was fun. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. It, that was, like, that went from like zero to hundred. Real fun. Heroin, like, real Holy fun. Shit. It was like, real fun. Heroin. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, he was fucking idiot. His girlfriend's dead. Re- then they revealed that he was like, actual piece of shit. Holy, yeah, but then, but then again, like, 
What did that have to do with the story? Like, did they need that? Did that add I think anything? it solidified the fact that just because you give someone heroin and they do it and they OD, I don't think you should go to hell for that. No, it wasn't well, you. You didn't put if... a gun to her head. I think the reason he went to hell is because he was a well, sick that's assuming, and disturbing. And that's assuming that's what the intent of the story was, people. that he was in hell as opposed to just a bad trip. Like, if that's just a bad trip. They said the body was dead at 10. I think there was some weird supernatural, I guess, yeah, that's tenuous true. tear in reality that was I going on. I forgot he was dead at ten. Yeah, that's what okay. the paramedics said he could he could have. You know, 10. that's not an exact science, right. by the way. It's no, all, it's a guess. It's all presumed, but assuming he died at ten and it was like a hell thing, yes, that makes sense. But assuming he wasn't dead and he was just texting through his trip, that really doesn't add anything to the story. So I I'm an not, admission of guilt on your I guess on your deathbed, but it didn't like. He was seeing a pale man, and that's like death 101. Like, oh, yeah. He was, it, it, even if he was alive, he was having a conversation with death, and he had to get all of his demons out. I guess that was a way for them to show, like, he was dying. Like, he was deserved. You're, of you're his, admitting guilt. Of his torture. Usually, when you admit guilt, it's when something bad's about to happen. Like, you, you want to get it off your conscience before you die. Yeah. So, I guess that makes sense. All right. Well, then, I, I like that story then. It was a good story. I like that one. I, yeah. like, I like that ending better than the, the first story. Okay, so switching it up a little bit, this one's from Creepypasta. This one is called The Disappearance of Ashley, Kansas. Like, that's so her name? Ashley, Ashley from Kansas. in Kansas. And, okay, alright. Um, I feel like oh, no. they're immediately trying to... No, it looks like there's a town called Ashley, Kansas. Oh sense. shit, that's so awesome. So it's not a woman's So it's actually it's the disappearance town. of an entire fucking town. Interesting. That's pretty cool. I'm intrigued. Okay, yeah. Cool. It's literally the first line. Yeah. All right, so sometime during the night of August 16th, 1952, the small town of Ashley, Kansas, ceased to exist. At 3.28 a.m. on August 17th, 1952, a magnitude 7.9 earthquake was measured by the United States Geological Survey. The earthquake itself was felt throughout the states and most of the Midwest. The epicenter was determined to be directly under Ashley, Kansas. When state law enforcement arrived at what should have been the outskirts of the farming community, they found a smoldering, burning fissure in the earth measuring 1,000 yards in length and approximately 500 yards in width. The depth of the fissure was never determined. After 12 days, the statewide and local search for the missing 679 residents of Ashley, Kansas was called off by the Kansas state government at 9.15 p.m. on the night of August 29, 1952. All 679 residents were assumed to be dead. At 2.27 a.m. on August 30th, 1952, a magnitude 7.5 earthquake was measured by the United States Geological Survey. The epicenter was situated under what used to be the location of Ashley, Kansas. When law enforcement investigated at 5.32 a.m., they reported that the fissure in the earth had closed. Like a bunch of earthquakes happened under this town? An earthquake happened. The town fell into the fissure okay. in the earth. And then an earthquake that. happened literally like a week later and closed the fissure. Ah. So it's like the earth opened up, swallowed a town, and, closed back up. and then closed back up over where it swallowed okay. it. In the eight days leading up to the disappearance of the town and its 679 residents, bizarre and unexplained events were reported by dozens of residents in Ashley, Kansas, and law enforcement from the surrounding area. On the evening of August 8, 1952, at 7.13 p.m., a resident by the name of Gabriel Jonathan reported a strange sight in the sky above Ashley. The town itself, having no official branch of law enforcement, called into the police station of the neighboring town of Hayes. Gabriel reported what appeared to be a small black opening in the sky. 
Within the next 15 minutes, the Hayes Police Station became overwhelmed with dozens of phone calls all reporting the same phenomenon. The phenomenon was never reported by any neighboring communities. A decision was made to send a trooper to Ashley to investigate the matter the following morning. At 7.54 a.m. on the morning of August 9, 1952, Hayes Police Officer Alan Mace radioed the Hayes Police Station. He reported that despite following the one-way road leading into Ashley, he had become lost. According to his report, the road continued along its normal path but somehow ended up back in Hayes. Officer Mace went out to add that the road never curved or bent in any direction. At 9.15 a.m., seven of the town's ten police cars were sent to investigate the situation and all members of the team came back to the same conclusion. The only road leading into Ashley stopped leading into Ashley but instead led back to Hayes. Phone calls continued to pour into the Hayes police station, all reporting that the black opening in the sky continued to grow in size. All callers were advised to remain inside and to not travel outside unless absolutely necessary. At 8.17 p.m., Mrs. Elaine Cantor reported her neighbors, Mr. and Mrs. Milton, and their two children, Jeffrey and Book, went missing. According to Mr. Cantor's phone calls, the Miltons attempted to leave town in their family car earlier in the evening. They never returned. Law enforcement officials from Hayes Neffer reported the car or individuals coming up the one-way road. Hmm. I think that black hole swallowed him up. Black hole son. Yo, Chris Cornell. Rest in peace. Oh, All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At 7.38 a.m. on the morning of August 10th, 1952, phone calls from Ashley into the Hayes Police Station reported that the town was in total darkness. The sun had never risen. At 10.15 a.m., as the request of Hayes law enforcement, a helicopter from Topeka, Kansas, to hot in hot. Topeka. Pick my toe, it's hot. Topeka. I'm a hot toe picker. Hot toe. I miss that show. It's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, helicopter from Topeka, Kansas, flew over the region in which Ashley, Kansas stood. The town was never observed from the air. At 12.43 p.m. on the afternoon of August 11, 1952, Miss Phoebe Danilewski called into the Hayes Police Station. She reported that her daughter Erica had begun to have conversations with her father, who died three years prior in a drunk driving accident. To add to her concern, Miss Danilewski reported that Erica was attempting to go outside into the dark to join them. Why fucking call the police for that? What are they going to do? Oh, my daughter's trying to go outside. Stop. Come stop her. She's stop. talking to a dead father. outside. Go outside. Come here. Stop <laughs> her from going outside. <sighs> Send oh. in the choppers. <laughs> Get the chopper. Bring in the choppers. Over the course of the next 12 hours, a reported 329 phone calls were placed in the Hayes Police Station, all describing similar phenomenon with the children of the town. Children of the town! Hey, all you people. Children of the corn. The following morning of August 12, 1952, the situation became dire. During the middle of the night, all 217 children in the town of Ashley, Kansas, disappeared. A reported 421 phone calls were placed into the Hayes Police Department, unable to be of any useful assistance. Hayes law enforcement instructed all callers to remain inside and to avoid any and all attempts at finding the missing children. At 5.19 p.m. on the evening of August 13, 1952, Ashley elderly man Scott Luntz reported a growing distant fire to the south. According to his description, the fire seemed to turn the distant black into bright red and orange that seemed to extend high into the sky. He's in the core of the earth! <laughs> Throughout the rest of the day, calls continued in. 
stating that the fire, in addition to moving north, now seemed to come out of the black sky. No fire was ever witnessed by any of the neighboring communities or law enforcement officials. The reports continued until 12.09 a.m. on the morning of August 14, 1952. The last phone call placed by Mr. Benjamin Endicott reported that the fire in the sky had grown so intense that it began to appear as daytime over the town. The phone call ended abruptly. From the phone call placed by Benjamin Sherman Endicott. Just hold on. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, I see something. It's to the south. It looks like... The next phone call wouldn't be placed until the following evening. The following is the entire transcript of the final phone call to be received by the Hayes Police Department out of town of Ashley, Kansas. It was placed at 9.46 p.m. on the evening of August 15, 1952. In this recorded phone call, the officer of the duty is Officer Peter Welsh. The caller has been identified as Miss April Foster. <laughs> Let's turn that to Mr. No, that's fine. Let's fucking <laughs> you go and run the integrity of the story. Let's do you it. You want to be Miss April Foster? I'm not going to fuck with no story integrity. Hey, it's police department. Hello? Yes. Yes, hello? Ma'am, who am I speaking with? My name is April. April Foster. <coughs> please, sir. Please help me. What's happening, ma'am? Last night... Last night they came back. Ma'am, I'm going to need you to... Last night they came back! Cry. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm gonna need you to calm down and speak clearly. What happened? Who came back? Everyone. Everyone? They all came in the fire. What do you mean, everyone? My son. I saw my son last night. He was walking. He was walking down the street. He was burned. Yeah, I see him walking down the street. He was burned. Yeah, it looked really neat. We understand. Hey, Mrs. Yeah, Foster, it's all right. Mrs. Foster! Mrs. Foster! Yeah, I see you cooking down the street. Hey, got the beat. Hey, got the beat. He's burnt to shit. He's burnt to shit. Oh, I'm burnt to shit. My son. I saw my son. God damn it! He was burned. Jesus Christ, he was burned. Ma'am, I... He died last year. I raised him since he was a baby. It was just me and him. I told him to watch for cars when he rode his bike. But he never wanted to listen. Ma'am, what you're saying isn't making any sense. You said everyone came back? Are you fucking listening to me? Everyone! Everyone came back. Everyone who died or went missing, they're back. And they're looking for us! Cry. <laughs> he, he said... Mommy, I'm okay now. See, I can walk again. Where are you, Mommy? I want to see you. Ma'am, where are you now? Are you safe? I'm hiding, just like everyone else. We saw them coming through the fields, and some people opened their doors for them. God, the screaming! I don't know what happened to them, but their houses caught fire, and they caved in. I have my curtains drawn. I'm hiding in the closet right now, and... Ma'am, is everything all right? Are you okay? Ma'am. Oh, oh my god! Ma'am! Something just came in. <laughs> Ma'am! Stay as quiet as you can. Don't make a sound. Mona? Mona? He came inside. <laughs> yes, he did! Stay absolutely still. Don't leave. Mommy? Mommy? Where are you hiding? Stay quiet. <laughs> I found you, Mommy! Ma'am! 
Ma'am! End of phone call. The following morning at 6.55 a.m., the law enforcement officials of the Hayes Police Department arrived at the location of Ashley, Kansas. A smoldering, burning fissure in the earth was all that remained. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> I liked it until we got fucking stupid with it. <laughs> I mean, come on! He came inside! He came! He, came, he, came he wasn't wearing a condom! There are also a lot of dates. I get that it was trying yeah, to be it was like, very like it was trying to be official, but I don't have a fucking timeline <laughs> yeah. in my head right now. I don't have a single fucking fact. So like, out. I, I guess it was it's like he's like August thirteenth, August eighth. I was like, are we going back in time? We're going back in time. Jesus Christ! We have to go back to the future. Let me tell you about the future. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Phil. <laughs> oh, let's find another one. So this one is called, I'm a former 911 operator, and this is probably my weirdest call from Reddit No Sleep. 911, what's your emergency? Nah, I'm bored, I just wanted a friend. <laughs> uh, sir, this is a 911. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was my weirdest call. I used to work as a... <laughs> that was this is pretty fucking weird, I'll give you that one. I used to work as a 911 operator in a relatively large metro area. One night, at about 3 a.m. or so, I answered a call from an elderly lady who said she didn't feel good. I don't feel good. I tried to get more info about what was wrong. Chest pain, trouble breathing, headache, is she diabetic, etc. She gave me her address and phone number and said no one else was home but the front door was unlocked so they could come in. I toned the call out as general illness and kept trying to get more details. No matter what else I asked about what was wrong, all she would say is, oh, I just don't feel good. Can you send someone to help me? After a few minutes, she said, I'm going to put down the phone for a minute. I need to go to the bathroom. I tried to get her to stay on the line with me. Told her she can do whatever she needs to get ready, but I'd like to be able to stay in contact in case there's a problem. She said, I'm going to put the phone down. I'll just be a minute. And that was it. I stayed on the line and asked for her every so often, but got no reply. A couple minutes passed, then the fire department called on scene, so I just disconnected and didn't think much about it. Told them the caller advised front doors unlocked and she was in the bathroom. A couple more minutes and the one and one of the firefighters called over the air with a weird tone and said, "Dispatch, uh, how exactly was this call received?" I told them that the call was first party from the patient's home phone approximately eight minutes ago. He didn't respond over the air but called the desk from his cell phone, which usually only happens when something weird is going on that they don't want broadcasted since anyone can listen to the radios. On the phone, he said. Are you sure this wasn't a third-party call from a family member or something? I said, negative. Caller advised, I don't feel good, and said no one else was home. So to the best of my knowledge, the caller is the patient. Have you made contact? He said, yeah, she was in the bathroom like you said, but she's probably been dead for about 12 hours. Cold to the touch, fully livid, full rigor. We're going to need a deputy out here. Afterwards, we pulled the tapes of the radio and phone calls and checked the timestamps, address, phone number, and went over everything a few times to see if I missed something. I called them back in the morning after the shift to see if they had any more info, but they were just as weirded out as we were. The phone was still in the living room, and the patient was dead in the bathroom. I didn't go to the bathroom. She died taking a wicked shit. <laughs> just like Elvis. She shat out her bowels. Just like Elvis. <laughs> I mean, that was good. That was pretty pretty par for the course. Yeah, standard. Yeah. It's a slice of life. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit crazy. happens everywhere every day old people shitting their brains out. Literally. 
right. Would you rather shit every time you come or come every time you shit? Come every time I shit, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Why would I would be inside a woman <laughs> and just shit all over the place? What if she's into that, though? If, if you had a, a, a girlfriend... Well then, well, then there's only one <laughs> plausible explanation. She's obviously German. Well, if you had a girlfriend who was into being shit on, would that change your answer? Absolutely not. No. I still don't want to bathe the person I care about in my feces. Well, that's, that's her case. If that's, the, if that's the only way to get her off, you wouldn't shit on her. I wouldn't find myself dating someone like this. Why not? Don't kink shame someone. I'm absolutely kink shaming someone. I'm not going to take a fucking shit on you. <laughs> I don't care if she is the hottest fucking woman. Okay, maybe if she was the hottest fucking woman. You know what? I would probably come anyway. If she was the hottest fucking woman on the planet, she asked me to take a fucking Cleveland steamer on her chest, like, I would probably orgasm immediately. Alright, so this next one is called 911 Follow Up. Well, that's very selfish. You didn't get her off. It's kind of Reddit no sleep. Okay, anyway. No, she got off from my feces being slapped. Right, but so does that change your answer? So does that change your answer? Absolutely not. No, alright. <clears throat> this is another 911 call. This is a follow up to the prior. I don't, one I don't, of my co-host doesn't want to shit on a woman. I don't think it has anything to do with the other ones, but it's uh, just another night. No. This one's from Reddit No Sleep. This is very urgent, so I'll get right to it. I pulled some strings with my colleagues in the department. I was able to obtain a copy of the police report that the officer filed in regards to the call two weeks ago. I've got to be extremely careful about covering up the officer's personal information. The investigation is going on, and there's been some weird stuff happening. You'll see what I mean below. The police and news departments are in a frenzy trying to keep the details quiet for now, and there's a palpable feeling of uneasiness circulating around town. If my bosses find out that I'm posting this all here, I'll lose my job. So, yeah. This is the only official statement being released to the public tomorrow morning. Ashland Police Department advises all homes and businesses within five miles of 1617 Quarry Lane, Pinella Pass to secure all doors and windows by any extra security measures available. Effective immediately, a curfew is in effect for all citizens in the city of Ashland. All persons found on the streets after sundown will be held in questioning in regards to suspicious cult activity. A police barrier has been placed around the perimeter of the quarry in northwest Ashland. No one is to enter the restricted zone until the further notice. Any and all persons found attempting to enter this restricted zone will be subdued on site. Officers have been ordered to use force at their own discretion. There will be no exceptions. And here's the transcript of the actual police report filed by the officer that arrived on the scene. I don't know how my friend got a copy of this. Honestly, I don't want to know. Begin report. Officer just... number beep. Approached the premises of 1617 Pinella Pass at 4.37 a.m. on 09 February 2015 in response to a 911 dispatch report of a suspicious person. The officer immediately noted that there were no lights on in the house and there were no response after the officer repeatedly knocked on the door while identifying himself. Officer number beep then noticed a series of erratic footprints and handprints in the snow leading up to the home's bay window. Officer number beep noted no evidence of forced entry into the home through the bay window. Upon examining the rear of the house, officer number BEEP noted another set of footprints originating from the edge of the quarry approximately 20 year, years. 20 years from the 20 house. 20 years from that. He was old by the time 20 he 20 years! Approximately 20 yards from the house and leading directly towards the back of the house. 
The prints were spaced extraordinarily far apart, indicating that this individual was able to cover an immense amount of ground in relatively few strides. Y'all shit, you found Bigfoot? Or Slender. Slender man. Big old toe prints. The officer then noted a series of marks, presumed to be hand and footprints, leading directly up the aluminum sliding of the house and ending immediately under an attic window on the third floor. The officer noted that the attic window appeared to have been broken into from the outside. There were no ladders or cables visible, which could have assisted in the evader in reaching the third-story window. Note, on the copy of the report that I have, the sergeant of our police department circled this section and wrote in margin, What the hell? Investigation and verification needed immediately. Upon completion of the officer's survey and his inability to enter the house without a lawful warrant, officer number beep began driving away in his squad car at approximately 4.43 a.m. As he was calling the station to report his findings, he claims to have witnessed several pale, smiling faces appear in every window of the house, each wearing an expression of what he later described as eager and amused curiosity. End report. As I said, the city-issued curfews and information about the restricted zones will be announced tomorrow, but I thought I would alert everyone here first. As far as I know, the exact details of the report are being held in confidentiality because, as you can see, there are some unsettling things surrounding this entire incident. Note. As I was uploading all this information, another co-worker friend of mine from the emergency dispatch staff called me to inform me that the officer that was called to the scene has gone missing. You'll definitely hear about this tomorrow. If you live anywhere near the area, police units from nearby counties are being brought in to assist with the search. I say this as a dispatcher. Please take these ordinances seriously and report any suspicious findings to the authorities. According to my friend, the officer's wife was the last person to have seen him. Apparently, as he was leaving their home, he muttered something about wanting to check out that house again. I liked that. It was weird. I guess. I mean, yeah. Just something like... weird came out of the quarry, broke into the house, and it had something to do with the cult, apparently. I guess. Makes sense. So, I, I guess like I, if you, I, uh, I guess I shouldn't say I like... You should go watch The Void. If you haven't watched The Void, fantastic horror film. Fucking live with, The Void. Wake up, go the, to work, come home, go to bed. Wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed. That does sound like The Void. The Void of Soul uh, The Void I'm talking about is an H.P. Lovecraft-ish mm. horror film dealing with a cult. So I like... Good times. Like I said, I don't know if I should say I like, but like cult stories and uh, like cover-up conspiracy stories, I think those really stick out to me the most in terms of horror value because they could actually happen, and they could actually be happening as we as like as I'm talking right now. You sure. know, who knows? There's like government cover-ups of uh, testing procedures and underground labs and whatever, and and cults out there who like slaughter people in the name of whatever their their supporting like that shit scares me because that shit's real that shit's scary that shit's scary but yeah that was a that was a good one this one is called a 911 operator warning everyone to stay safe from reddit no sleep it's kind of a running joke in my office that i always get the weirdest calls and it's true one of the more interesting ones i got was from a drunk guy who meant to call the cops and was trying to file a noise complaint about his own party while some of my calls can be pretty strange they're usually fairly tame I've been pretty lucky because I haven't had too many disturbing or sad stories to tell from my years working as a 911 operator. If you're looking for something like that, I can point you to several of my colleagues because unfortunately, there's no shortage of those in this industry. The call that particularly sticks in my mind is one that I had about a year or two ago. 
I can honestly say that it's one of the most frightening experiences of my entire life and think it's going to stick with me forever. It had actually been a fairly slow afternoon that day. I know it sounds kind of insensitive, but if you're not taking a call, this job can get pretty boring. I got stuck covering my friend's evening shift, and I didn't expect things to get more interesting. I was counting down the minutes until my shift ended when a call came through my line. I put the headset on and ran through the usual script. 911, what's your emergency? I asked. I think there's someone in my house. The voice sounded like it belonged to a young child. My heart sank. <laughs> I think there's someone in my house. Calls from children were always the worst. We're trained to get as much information from each caller as possible. This makes it easier to, to more fully understand the situation, as well as figure out which emergency services we need to dispatch. What's your name, sweetie? I kept my voice calm and upbeat. There was no need in scaring them any further than they undoubtedly already were. Whatever you want it to be. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> God. Elizabeth. That shit happened. She said softly. I think she might have been. She cried. She said softly. She said softly. <laughs> she said softly. I think she might have been crying. That's a beautiful name. Mine's. Mine's Amelia. <laughs> What's with our women? Do I speak to you the whole thing over again? No, absolutely not. Should I switch to a. a, a... Mine's Amelia. We're gonna Just we're gonna switch going. it to. Just keep going. We're gonna switch it to. What's a, what's, a, what's a soft, soothing male name? Mine's Chris. That's a, beautiful, okay. that's a beautiful name. Mine's Chris. Even though I didn't show it, I was beginning to get nervous. This is very important. Can you tell me what's happening right now? The line was quiet for a moment, but then Elizabeth started talking. I think someone's in my house. Where are your parents? I asked. They're not home. I'm not sure where they are. I was pretty angry when I heard this. What kind of parents leave a little girl home alone this late at night? Is there anyone else there with you? Yeah. I think they're looking for me. Elizabeth began, but her voice abruptly stopped at the very end of her sentence. Had it not been for her quiet, frightened breaths, I would have thought she, or whoever else was there, hung up. They said my name. She was definitely crying now. <laughs> Where are you right now? I heard a door close. In my parents' closet. She spoke a little louder now, probably thinking that the intruder wouldn't be able to hear her from in there. I hoped she was right. I was glad that she knew how to, knew to hide. A lot of kids freeze up in dangerous situations like this, especially if their parents or an older sibling aren't there. I asked for her address, which she gave to me, but for the sake of privacy, I will only say that Elizabeth's house was in a fairly nice neighborhood in my area, and it wasn't far from the police station, which was very helpful. Elizabeth, just focus on my voice. I need you to try and relax. I'm sending the police to your house right now, and they should be there in about five minutes. Can you hold on until then? Even though I would usually try to get a little more information about the intruder, I always tend to err on the side of caution when children call 911. I'd much rather send someone and have it be a false alarm than risk their safety. Elizabeth did not answer my question, and it took her longer than I was comfortable with to respond. When she did, it was only one word. Listen! I heard the phone crackle as she- Listen! Hey! Listen! Hey! hey! Listen! Listen! Yeah! <laughs> I heard the phone crackle as she brought it away from her ear and held it out in front of her. At first, I didn't hear anything, but as I focused on the background noise, I noticed a lot of whispering. I couldn't tell what they were saying, but it definitely sounded like it was coming from more than one person. I hoped the police would get there on time. As much as I w help people with my job and as many lives as I've saved, it is always so frustrating that I can't do anything myself other than wait and talk. Elizabeth's voice came out in hushed sobs. He's coming up here. Please help. The police are almost there. I need you to be quiet so he doesn't hear you. You're going to be okay, sweetie. I promise. She seemed to calm down a bit. Everything was quiet for a moment, save for the whispering, which was much louder now. I still didn't know what they were saying, but 
but I was sure it was coming from multiple people. I could pick out at least three distinct voices. When I heard a door creak open through the phone, my heart leapt. Elizabeth screamed, and I knew that the intruders had found her. I was so scared for her, and I desperately hoped that someone would be there to help soon. Are you okay? I need you to tell me what's going on. I was trying, and failing, to stop my voice from cracking. I couldn't let her know that I was afraid. There's a man. Elizabeth whispered. He has really long legs, and a really big smile. My imagination was running away from me. I pictured this poor girl alone in the closet as an impossibly tall man towered over her. I heard another bang coming from somewhere in the house and someone yelling, Police! Thank God. I could hear Elizabeth crying as the whispers intensified. I still didn't understand how she only saw one person. There had to have been more than four. He isn't touching the floor. The line cut off. I frantically tried to reestablish the connection, but no matter how many times I tried, I was met with only silence on the other end. I would like to close with a message to any parents reading this. Please, please don't leave your young children home by themselves. I haven't heard anything about Elizabeth or her family in the years since this happened. The police only found the phone. That's like a Slender Man thing. It also just, you know, on your second episode, we read a 911 call about a guy thinking all the doors in his house were locked. And he noted that the dude was smiling, standing weirdly with Upside a down. very large smile on yeah. his face. So I really like that. Seems to be a very common, like, he's, feature. He's creepy and he's smiling and he has yeah. knives, friends. <laughs> the smile seems to be a very common feature in these kind of stories. And I, I mean, as much as I, I, I get what, what they do it, it'd be nice to have, like, a differentiation. You know, something different other than a smile. Admittedly, sometimes it works better than others. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think I think what would have made that story just a little bit better is if she was just like he doesn't have a face. Yeah. Or you know I don't know something something to make it different because we've had smile before or you know his teeth are very sharp or something like that. (laughs) His teeth were sharp like daggers. We're better to eat you with, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) And he did. So this is going to be the last story here with Sir Booberry. This is the last one from Reddit No Sleep. It's another 911 call. Make it seem like it's my last episode ever. Flying off. He's going to be dead after this. Flying (laughs) off into the fucking stratosphere. (laughs) Blasting off again. Well, after your 30 episode hiatus, I'm allowed to make these assumptions. Depending on how tired we are tomorrow, maybe we could record another one. Who knows? Fuck yeah, dude. I'd be so into that. Alright. I'm a 999 police emergency dispatcher. I don't is that a regional thing? I don't Is know. Is that like UK? Is that, I, I know sometimes there's like a... Quick Google. I know sometimes there's like a, a non-emergency dispatcher, but this is a 999 police emergency dispatcher. Unless that one's specifically for police, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Nope. I wait with bated breath. <gasps> oh. That's, I'll look it up too. 999 police code. It's an official emergency telephone number in a number of countries which allows the caller to contact emergency services... For urgent assistance, countries like oh, it's U- Bahrain, it's UK. Bang- Bangladesh. It's UK. In the UK, nine- United Kingdom, Zimbabwe. Okay, yeah. yeah in the UK, nine 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 is a public emergency number for police, fire, ambulance, and coast guard. It, it seems was chosen like because yeah. of the old rotary telephone. United number. Kingdom, Ireland, Bangladesh, Hong Kong. So it's basically everything outside of the US. Nine nine nine. Well, it was chosen because on the old rotary dial telephones, the number zero was used for calling the operator, and the nine was the next available hole for the finger stop. <laughs> Alright, so that, okay, so it's just like another, it's a regional thing. I am a communications officer. Don't fucking do this. When people dial 999 and ask for the police, I am the one they get through to. I am the one, the bastard, and don't need to go to get respect, the bomb is 
<laughs> we were dabbing. Dabbing defiantly. I'm not going with to our lie. fidget spinners. Fuck off. I wear a uniform. It's like a police uniform, but blue. I don't have a stab vest because we work in an office. We sit at huge banks of desks in lines with supervisors standing at the end of every one. I banked your mom. <laughs> yeah, you fucking slag. I have a headset with earpieces and a microphone and a computer in front of me. The light flashes. I press accept and I type as I ask questions. Name, location, incident category, assault, suspicious package, burglary, etc. I'm calling because I got a suspicious package. You want to accept <laughs> these charges? Touch, come touch it, Charlie. I take all the details I can in categories. The incident by level of urgency. If someone's come home and found their house broken into, that's not as urgent as a robbery in progress. I work 10 hour shifts with call after call after call. If I need to take a piss, I have to raise my hand to get excused by the supervisor. They time you too. And they also say stuff like, You having a piss? You having a bloody piss? You having a this is your third day. You having a bloody wank? That's a lot different than a bloody piss. We get a huge variety of calls. Sometimes it's something and nothing time wasters. Sometimes you hear some fucking awful things. Oh, I was, sometimes you hear some fucking. Excuse me, ma'am, is there an emergency? Yeah, he's hitting this good. <laughs> My third shift, I got a call from a woman who was just screaming. She'd woken, <laughs> she'd woken up from a nap and found her baby dead in its cot. Jesus Christ. I will never forget that as long as I live. Losing a child is something you will never get over. I know a few of the guys have started to drink a bit too much, not alcoholics or anything, but every time they come home, they come home to a few drinks. It's the only way you can sleep. If I'm totally honest with myself, I can tell I'm slipping a little down that road. Last week I was working the night shift. It has a rep for being pretty bad. You get a lot of violent calls in the night shift. I had been working for about eight hours at the time. Two more to go. I was surviving on coffee, shoving one call after another to the guys in dispatch. Then I got this call. The light flashes, I take a drink and click answer. Police 999, what's your emergency? All I hear is breathing. Shut up, Brainy. <laughs> <laughs> now this isn't that unusual. We sometimes get people who are running, panicking, confused. Sometimes people are injured. Sometimes they're trying to make a call without being heard. Police 999, my name is Lance. Can you tell me the nature of your emergency? Every story you got is a female dispatcher. I refuse to have a vagina. No response. The breathing sounds like a woman or maybe a child. I need to know your location and what's happening. Then I could get help to you as soon as possible. Are you able to speak to me? There's a soft sound that comes then, like a scratching. Oh, that's a soft like, song. <laughs> like, like someone scraping their fingernail on the mesh surface of a microphone. I pause for a second, then collect myself. Are you unable to talk out loud? The scratching sound comes again. Okay, let me see if I can help. One scratch for yes, two scratches for no. Do you understand? Great, like I said, my name is Lance. I'm going to get the officers to you as soon as I can. Please stay on the line. I start waving my supervisor over who spots me right away. I point at the screen where he sees my typing. Caller is unable to speak aloud, attempting other communication methods. He nods, understanding straight away, and jogs over to the bank of IT guys. Are you injured? Are you in fear for your life or your physical safety? Are you able to get to a safe place? 
I could see my supervisor talking to the computer guys who were trying to trace the call. From the time it's taking, it seems to be immobile, so they have to go through the phone masts. Is it a person who is causing you to fear for your safety? And a small intake of breath. Are they there with you now? But you are afraid that they will hear you. Are you restrained in any way? Don't worry, I tell her. We'll find a way to get, get you help. Are you in a house? Is it their house? Silence. Do you know where you are? Can you see a window to look out of? I was starting to panic a bit now. I'm highly trained, but you only get a few calls a year which strike you like this. I was starting to worry about my ability to help. If they don't know where they are, and they can't speak to me, how can I send a car if I can't find out where she is? Then I hear something. The breathing gets quicker. <laughs> are you still there, I ask. There is no response. Can you let me know you're okay? There's a scraping, a scrabbling sound, and then the line goes dead. The call light flicks out, just an empty dial tone. I swear, not quite as under my breath as it should be, looking straight over to the IT lads. I see them shaking their heads. No luck. No tracing the call. Fuck! I work the rest of my shift feeling sick. It's mostly routine. I just can't get that out of my head. See, as a comms officer, when something comes up like that and you can't manage to find out where that person is, you feel responsible. If that woman is hurt or killed, then surely a lot of that's not down on me. On the drive home through empty city streets, I run that conversation through my head over and over again. I think what I could have done differently, I worry about that woman, where she is, what's happening. I get home, throwing my bags on the sofa, I pull a bottle of beer out of the fridge and pop off the cap, fixing the cat for dinner as she rubs around my ankles. That woman could have been raped, tortured, and we had an opportunity to find her and we couldn't manage it. I had visions of a woman locked in a cellar somewhere at the mercy of some pervert. I flopped down on the sofa, stuck the TV on, and slumped. I woke up a half hour later to the phone ringing. I stirred, blinking. It was dark still, just starting to get lighter. It was the home phone. Now I almost never use the landline, I mostly just have it because it's the only way I get to Wi-Fi. This has got to be something bad, my mum maybe, who hasn't been well. I drag myself to my feet and head as quickly to the phone as I can, fumbling with it and pressing it to my ear. Hello? There was nothing, just breathing. My stomach drops. Hello? Without the background noises of the officer, without the tapping keys and the voices of the other officers, I can hear more clearly. My stomach knocks. I feel like I might vomit. The beer churning. Anna? I ask. Are you... This... This isn't funny. I swallow, mouth dry. Is it... Baby, are you safe? I feel the panic bubble over. I can barely form my words. Baby, please tell me wherever you are, whatever I can do. Please tell me. Where are you? I can hear her, those tiny, soft, whispering breaths. Then one catches. A sound of panic. A scraping on the floor. Anna! And then she replies. Uh, changing the lens. Just changing to that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. <laughs>
Dad. And then the phone cuts out. The caller withheld their number. She's called back every night since. Every night is the same, no answers, just her little breaths and the scratch on the floor. However many times she calls, I will answer every time. Perhaps one night, perhaps I'll be able to find some way to help her. Seven times she's called. One call for every year of her life. One call for every year she's been dead. I guess guilt or like... PTSD. Conscience, yeah. I like PTSD. that one. PTSD. I like that one. So that was, I guess that was like her calling in the beginning? It's just his job haunting him. I, I guess. Oh yeah, he, I guess. I guess he lost his daughter at some point and... Well, he did say in the beginning, like, losing a child, you never get over that. Fuck. That's a good point. That's Foreshadowed a, the shit that's out a good, of that. Yeah, that's a good hidden, like, author note right Foreshadowed there. Foreshadowed the shit out of that. That's good. That was good. I, I like that, that one. one. That one was real. Was it Was it better because I did the, the voice the entire no, time? It might have been worse. <laughs> might have been worse. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, no, anytime. <laughs> I can trust you to be at least honest with that one. I was saying, fuck, I couldn't figure out where she mind. was. She was interrupting my tea time. <laughs> Dead fucking slack. Fucking bloody wanker. <laughs> right after the Manchester incident, too. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> We're uh, assholes. Yeah, no. <laughs> Praise out uh, to them. So this was lots of pasta with Sir Booberry. I hope everyone had a fun time listening. I sure uh, know I did. Did you? No. Great. <laughs> I can't wait to have you on again, bud. Got yeah, anything no, you want to say to the peeps no. before you... Okay. That was good. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy being on the show. And for those of you who uh, who listen and maybe have a story recommendation that we haven't done yet and think that we don't know about, send it our way. We'd be uh, I love taking more recommendations. than happy to give it a look. I would say some of our coolest episodes have come from people coming to me with stories. Episode 19, No End House. That was all Space Cowboys idea. Uh, episode 28 with Gestalt. That Goatman story, all his idea, just you know. Also, tag us on the Facebook. Follow us at Lasa Pasta. If we, uh, if we, if you know a certain story and you actually know the meaning behind it, and we completely missed it, let us know. Tell us what it's actually about. No, I don't want to know that. All right, never mind. Don't tell Fuck me. you. Don't tell Eat me. Shit. We're gonna interpret it the way we want. Don't tell me I, don't I was fucking wrong. Care. I don't like being corrected. All right. Well, I mean, shit. Let dude. me bathe in ignorance. I've been. Since kindergarten. <laughs> since kindergarten. Since kindergarten. I've known you since kindergarten. Uh-huh. Sure have. It's been a great... <laughs> God, uh, 20 some odd years? I don't know. Yeah, Fuck, man. man. Too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, lots Good of pasta. Times. Thanks for having me. I hope to be back soon so there's not a 30-episode hiatus again. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Boo Berry, taking us out. Good night. Or good day. Whatever time you Good listen. day. I said good day, sir. <laughs>